Are you ready for this? Sean Merriman, a one-hand sack. Boom, boom, boom. Out go the lights. This is Lights Out with Sean Merriman. What's up, guys? We're back again with another Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. And uh, today we got an awesome guest in Mercedes Lewis uh, of the Green Bay Packers, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, it's funny. We've been talking about him coming on for a while. And uh, a few weeks ago, I had Tyron Woodley on, which uh, was one of the guys that I, when my first day of training in MMA, uh, he was there. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, believe it or not, man, he can go. He can go. Uh, he's trying to get all of his belts and even talking about some flow grappling. Uh, you know, his transition maybe from just leaving uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to what he's seeing with the Green Bay Packers now. Uh, walking in there, seeing A-Rod for the first day, just a chain of, change of atmosphere and uh, just an incredible story, man, and him having the opportunity to get a ring, which is which is awesome. So we're going to get into it today, talk some MMA Talk some football, of course, and some of the things he got going on. And uh, here we go, Mercedes Lewis. Cool, bro. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Um, you know, obviously in December, you know, when the best that's when the best football uh, is being played is in December. And yeah, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be on a team with a couple goats. You know what I mean? So they make it a little easier. And um, you know, I never won a Super Bowl, man. So trying to get that ring, bro. Yo, that, so that's what I wanted to ask you about. So you you start your career off, I think, uh, with 12 years in Jacksonville, right? And yeah. you get there, and, and and I remember playing you guys. I, I remember when you came in. I yeah. remember you came in, and I was like, man, I've been watching your film where you can't really tell how big certain people are on film until they get on the <laughs> field. You're like, yo, hold on. This dude, Mercedes, is, is on next level. You got the cleats on. It's going to add an inch or two. For sure. And then you got the pads on. See so you out there looking six eight six nine. I was like, oh, my hand's about to be full today. <laughs> yeah, man. I, shit. I remember the first time we played you guys. Um, you know, and obviously you, Sean Phillips, is over there on the other side. Um, you know, obviously for, for those of you who don't know what it's like when you're preparing for a game, right, you know, Obviously, we're scouting the defense, um, and I'm watching film. And, you know, the whole week, my coaches are like, yo, this this guy is a dude. You know what I mean? And when you when you think of, like, in football terms, you have your guys and you have your dudes. You know what I mean? And you were a dude. And so normally when you're going against guys like yourself, you know, we're trying to chip you, making sure we got four hands on you. You know what I mean? But it was always uh, – always a blessing being able to go against you and, uh, you know, kind of just making sure that I'm always on my best and my best. So I, you know, get myself better too. So that was dope. No, so, so let me, so let me ask you about that because you guys, y'all had a bunch of dogs on that team. I mean, you know, sometimes the record wasn't good. And because you guys didn't have a lot of TV games, I don't think the exposure was there for you and, and, um, and, uh, and MJG. Uh, and you had uh, Greg Jones, yeah. right? Yeah. That was on that. That was on that team. Y'all, y'all had a couple linebackers. I mean, talk about that now because now you're in a lot of primetime games. Yeah. And back when you were playing, even though y'all had good teams, and the record didn't really show it, how was it different getting that notoriety now than it was back then? Well, just like you were saying back then, uh, playing in the small market in Jacksonville, obviously. 
Um, you know, you knew what you were going to get as far as that market was concerned. Um, you know, and at the time, you know, when I was there on that offense, uh, I was able to play with Fred Taylor for three years. Uh, and then Maurice Jones, uh, Jew was there. And they were splitting time for a little while. And obviously Greg Jones, like you mentioned. Uh, but at one time we had Reggie Williams, Matt Jones. Um, you know, our offensive line was crazy. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but because of, you know, the small market, nobody really knew, right? And so fast forward, I, I get to the Packers where we bear, we rarely play if it's not on uh, prime time. You know what I mean? Like it's all of our games are always getting flexed or so we're playing at nighttime. So, you know, I'm always surprised when we, we have a, a noon game, you know. And um, to have the chance at this point in my career where I feel like, you know, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I've never, when I came out, you know, 4-7 guy, that's what you were getting out of me, but you were getting just all the skills that it would take, you know, to be a good tight end in this league. And, you know, I pride myself on just being a, a all-around tight end and being accountable when my number is called, whether it's catching the ball or uh, being able to dominate at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, at this point in my career, here I am 15 years, and it's crazy because you know, obviously you have your loyal fans that know about me and follow me um, at Long Beach Poly and then UCLA uh, and then in Jacksonville. But then it's a whole bunch of other fans that are are finally starting to figure it out. Like, wait a minute. Like, like what's going on? You know, so um, it's definitely been a really good opportunity uh, for not just me, but my teammates to go out there and put it, put it down on the field every time. Talk about, man, 15 years in, dude, I, I I was watching the game. Actually, when I hit you, I think it was a few weeks ago, and I was just watching you break out of cuts and still stopping on point and changing directions. And I'm sitting on the couch, and my knees are hurting just <laughs> watching. For real, man, so I was just looking. And so what like, what have you been doing at this point to, to get where you're at? Because I tell young guys all the time, like, as soon as you come in, find, find out that guy that's 10-plus years in. Find out whatever the hell they've been doing, eating, their massage therapist, whoever they got working with them, how much money they spend on their body, get with them. Like, what, what is, what has kind of been the course of action, man, over these fifteen years? Because that's insane. Well, I think it's twofold. Um, for, first, it's about you know obviously uh, your body and making sure that you're always going to be at your best uh, come Sundays. Uh, and so for me, maybe I think after my third year, going into my fourth year, my routine was set. You know, so you have to have a routine, uh, making sure you're getting your sleep uh, and whatever that routine consists of. Obviously, it's going to be different for everybody. Uh, but for me, uh, got to get the sauna, get that lactic acid out after games, uh, cold tub and hot tub contrast. Got to do that. Uh, I'm doing yoga twice a week, Pilates twice a week, uh, just staying functional. Right. Uh, and then also in the off season you have to have a plan in the off season that kind of mirrors your plan during the season because you don't want to be in shock. You don't want to get to the off season and just let it all go and then here comes season come back around and you're like, oh my God, I'm sore in the mud. I don't know what to do. My body's breaking down. You know, like it, it has to like coincide with what you're, whatever you do in the off season has to match what you do, you know, during the season. Uh, obviously it doesn't have to be as tailored like it is during the season, but you know, give your body some care, you know, take care of your body uh, because at the end of the day, that's all you got. And, um, you know, I always want to be one of the ones that they're going to have to push me out this money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely um, still getting better. My mind is still in it. 
I work, I work my mind more than I work my body. Uh, that was the other side of it is, you know, making sure that your mind is clear and that you just have clarity and you understand what, what's expected of you, um, you know, each and every day. As you know, this is a performance-based business and you know how they get down. So, yep. you know, I, I think that's, that's even more important than your body is just being mentally, um, having the mental aptitude to be able to do this day in and day out, bro. No, no doubt. So I didn't even check. Did you have you got a chance to play your former team yet? You got a chance to play against Jacksonville yet? Yeah, we played Jacksonville this, this how, year. How was that feeling, man? Because I I remember when I got uh, when I got and left to Buffalo, yeah. and I remember seeing the Chargers on the schedule. Now I'm, I'm Chargers through and through all day long, but at that time, right. I was so vindictive that I was like, man, I'm about to have three sacks. I was so pissed <laughs> off on the way I went out. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna have three sacks against these guys just to prove a point. Did you did you have that in you when you played against them? The way okay. So to make a long story uh a little bit shorter, my twelfth year, after I finished my twelfth year, came off a really good year. Um six touchdowns, thirteen and a half yards to catch, still doing my thing. They picked up my option, which was my last year on my contract, and I was only due I think 3.1, which is cheap in the grand scheme of things uh, for everything that I was given that organization, right? So they picked up my option and um, and then released me two weeks later. So for those of you out there listening, when they pick up your option, that takes you off the market, right? So that screws you as far as free agency is concerned because you can't go out and get your work, right? Or whatever whatever the market is for you know, your skill set. You can't go out there and get the most the most for your for your uh, bang, right? And so I find out on ESPN is going across the ticker. Hold on, what? Bruh, I find out on Hold on, so you they didn't they never to, they never told you? Bro. They called you, sent you a text to come see you in the office, nothing. No, bro. They text me after I saw it go so look, I wake so I wake up to seven missed calls from my agent. And mind you, my agent is Bus Cook, old school BC Sports. He don't call me for nothing unless, you know what I mean? Unless he has to call me. Like, that, yeah. that's not his deal. He doesn't bother me. He lets me go out and do my work. I get seven missed calls from Bus, and I'm like, this don't, this don't feel good. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at my phone like, what's going on? I turn on the TV on ESPN. And then it says, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars released tight end uh, Mercedes Lewis after 12 years, la, 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 And I was like, yo. No. Yeah, bro. And I was, I, I was like literally, I was in shock, you know what I mean? Because of everything that I put into that organization and not just on the field, but off the field. Like, I still get asked to this day, oh, do you miss playing with Jacksonville this, that, and the third? Like, yo, I, I think the thing that I miss the most is the relationships that I made while I was there, whether it be my barber, whether it be uh, the two bartenders at the Cheesecake Factory that I was really cool with, you know, just stuff like that. Like that's when you're right. somewhere for 12 years, like, so, so from that standpoint, it threw me off. Right. Fast forward. We, I don't talk to the GM for like, like a year. Like, he was texting me, like, off and on. I don't talk to him for, like, a year. And then I finally, like, was like, you know what? Like, I'm really not about this type of energy anyway. And I just need to go ahead and, like, hash this out, at least have a conversation with him. 
And, uh, you know, I basically just said, I understand the business. I understand how it works. But just to a man, I felt like that we could have went about that better. Um, I had never, I had always held Jacksonville in high regard. Never, um, you know, never threw anybody in the slam, bus. Slam. I've never seen you say nothing bad about him in the media, talk bad about anything. Never, bro. And uh, so, yeah, we kind of hashed that out and everything. And, you know, here we are, fast forward to Green Bay. I just knew in my mind and in my heart that I was definitely on a better team. And I was grateful for this opportunity to be able to go out there and show it. You know what I mean? Still, after I'm in year 15, just be able to go out there and show it. I, was, I dominated their DNs, young guys too. Dominated their DNs. We came away with the win. There was no smack talk, none of that. The organization before the game, everybody came, dapped me up, gave me hugs and stuff. And I think that was just God working in his way, you know? So yeah. definitely a blessing. And I think too, man, because, and I can say this, at least for myself, that I changed. Like if that something like that happened to me three or four years in, I would have went off. Like I would have been 100%. in the media, F, F them. You know what? I ain't never going back. And I think I got to a point, man, where, you know, I was 26, 27, 20, you know, 28 years where I'm, I would, I, would, I just wasn't gonna do that because I think long, long term, it's just not worth it. It's not, man. You know what I'm saying? So, so we, so uh, okay. So fast, so fast forward. You, 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 you guys play them. You get there. Well, let's fast forward before then. You go to Green Bay and you, you walk in the locker room. You say you play with a couple goats, and I just know what I remember what it's like. And I first walked into the locker room. And I got LT, Philip Rivers, wow. Lorenzo Neal, all these, you know, and you know, Antonio Gates. I got all these dudes around me. I got a bunch of goats. Yeah. So what was that like, man, that first interaction with A-Rod with a- a- when you got there? So originally, um, after Jacksonville uh, released me, for the first, like, month and a half, two months, I was considering retiring, right? And, I, you know, I hollered at my mom. Um, I hollered at one of my coaches, my tight end coach. Uh, his name is John Embry, coached me at UCLA. Coach Tony Gonzalez at Kansas City. He's coaching Killer right now in San Francisco. Like, he's a really good dude and was like, you know how it is in college. If your position coach is like your stepdad almost. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you see him the most. You too. Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, I talked to him and he was just like, hey, man, you know, you still got a lot of ball left in you. And if you feel like – he's like, if you feel like you can sit at home and watch ball and not feel anxious, then go ahead and retire. He's like, but if you feel like you can still help a team try to get to a championship, then you need to get off your soapbox. You know what I mean? And so – after that, the draft was approaching, and I had maybe like eight teams call. I guess eight teams called my agent, and my agent hit me up like, hey, you know, so-and-so's calling, la, la, Green Bay has called six times in two days. And I, and I remember telling him, like, man, I don't know if I'm trying to go out there in that cold. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at this point in my career, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? That cold a beast. Yeah, I mean, it's not, and it's not like, I'm out here getting a, a crazy bag at this point in my career to go out there and play in the cold. So that that takes like, you know, that that takes some some uh, mental strength to go out there and to come out here and do that too. And so, anyway, they I talked to Green Bay and then A Rod called me. When A Rod called me, I was on the first flight out at like six a.m. in the morning, right? <laughs> and he called me and basically was like, "Hey, man." He was like, you know, I followed you, followed you out your, out your career, throughout your career, and I feel like, you know, you're going to give us a good shot to try to get this ring, and, you know, I, I'm behind you. Like, I got your back. 
So I was like, all right, man, I'm out of here. So I flew out to Green Bay and, you know, met, you know, met with everybody, walked into the locker room, and I guess they were, like, in, like, uh, off-season conditioning and doing all that stuff. So I walk into the locker room, and the first person I see is A-Rod for the first time meeting him, and then uh, Jimmy Graham, because it was Jimmy Graham's first year. Jimmy, yeah, yeah. So those are the first two people I see when I walk into the uh, locker room. We start chopping it up, and then Devontae Adams comes out. And I'm just like, all right. This is this is pretty much no brainer, you know what I mean? With I leave there, I come I come back out, get to the cafeteria, eat my food, and then uh, the GM was like, "Yeah, so you know we want to sign you." Like la la, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Talk to my agent. He was like, "No, no, no, no. We want to sign you before you leave the building." You know what I mean? He was like, "We." we oh, so they pulled one of them. They're not gonna let you exactly. leave. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. He was like, "No, you're not. We're not letting you leave." Is, is what I'm telling you, right? And so I was, mind you, this was like at 3.15. My flight left at 5 to go back to L.A., right? I guess they were going back and forth to my agent. I was like, oh, okay, you guys can figure that out. I got to go catch my flight. I go to the airport, bro. They go to the airport with the papers. <laughs> no, hold on. Bro. Hold on. They, the, can't, they had the papers with them? Yeah, so look, I go to the airport, and... I'm literally about to walk through my gate. They called me like, yo, can you come back? You know what I'm saying? Like, can you come back out? Like, the deal's done. We just need you to sign it. And mind you, if if we were at LAX, no way it's happening. But this airport, you can get to the front, to the back of the airport in like a minute and a half, right? So I'm like, all right, boom, get out, go back, drive back to the stadium, Sign the papers and then shoot me back. And by the time I got back to the airport, we were boarding. And that and that's the story. And that's the history. That's gangster. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy to me. Crazy. But bro. okay, so okay, so let me let me ask you this though, because how they approached it, and I always say it's two different levels of organizations. And when I was with the Chargers, obviously I was playing well. We had great teams and stuff like that. So the atmosphere was was always good for us because we were winning. When I got to Buffalo, it was different. They wasn't winning at the time. But it was something about the organization and the fans and something that made me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm home. I, I can play here. That's and cool. it was, and I ended up, even, even though I, I went there in the middle of the year, I ended up re-signing for two years because I just felt like at home. I don't care what the record was. I liked the organization and the, the, my, you know, the teammates were there. Mm-hmm. And the fans was a different kind of atmosphere from being in Jacksonville than, than being out there. Man, I'll tell you this. When I first got to Jacksonville, it was bare, bro. You know what I mean? 2006, not much to do out there. Um, their outdoor malls that they have now, they did not have that. Uh, it was a few restaurants that were really good. But as far as city life, like, I was like, man, I thought the NFL was supposed to be different. Like, this ain't – this city right. is not what I thought, you know? Um, and then – Year after year, they kept building up and kept getting better, right? So Jacksonville, towards the end of my career, was a great experience being there. And at that time, I had already made a name for myself. Um, You know, I got community service award like four different times. Like, I was just out there. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, And it was a different change up from L.A. You know, L.A. and being from there, you're going to get everything you need in the offseason from L.A., right? You get to Jacksonville, and it's just like, okay, cool. We're going to cool out. We're going to play ball and relax, take the stress off you, you know. 
So from yep. that standpoint, it helped me become a better man and a better player. And then coming to Green Bay, it was even less to do. You know what I mean? Like out here, I mean, it's, it's mom and pop shops, uh, bars, uh, cheese. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, yeah. super gray outside. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not what you would think, you know, an NFL city should be like. Um, but it's so conducive to you being able to play football, man, and, and be at your best. Yeah. And, like, guys buy in because there's nothing else to do. Like, if you have that guy that's on the verge of not buying in, he's probably going to buy in because there's not much to do out there. And I think that's to our advantage. Yeah, I think that's what the Chargers were doing by waving me and sending me out to Buffalo. They wanted me to calm my ass down. <laughs> you know? You know? But it, it ultimately, though, it, for me, it became a focus point because – you know, playing in San Diego and you build all, like you said, those relationships there and you got businesses and companies and your spots and places you like to go. And for me, Buffalo, I just really honed in. I was like practice, film. If I wanted to get an extra workout and it was always focus time. So I think that at that point in my career, I probably needed it, especially because it was my last couple of years. Right. Man. So, so like what now, man? Like, because I, I, I see you. And I had this same conversation with uh, Antonio Gates. It's probably probably about three years before he retired. Okay. And and I talked to him. I said, "Yo, you still? I mean, you still moving? Like you still you still look good? You still getting out of your breaks? And and people can't stay in front of you? And I and I just saw you. What you crossed over? What was it? Four hundred receptions? But now you're four hundred one, yeah. right? Four hundred one. Like what? What do you see happening now, man? Do you say, okay, I got one more year, two more years? Like, or are you just trying to kind of stay in that in that moment? You know what, man? Like, I literally, I'm aware of where I am. Um, very aware of, like, you know, timing uh, and positioning. And um, I, I really feel like, you know, at this point in my career, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Um, my day will come, you know. And uh, and I'll and I'll be ready for that and, and happy about that. Um, but the fact that I, you know, even coming into the league, like you know, obviously I caught a bunch of balls at UCLA, got all the records there and all of that. And coming, you know, to Jacksonville was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because we were a run first, play action pass team, take our shots when we need them. But we were built to run the ball and play action pass. And so, guess what that did? rounding my run game up, you know what I mean? And from having a meeting at the combine saying, you know, you put some good stuff in the run game on film, so we know you're a willing blocker, but can you block full-time? Can you be a full-time tight end? Or are you just, just going to catch the ball and fade out after like seven, eight years? I took that to heart and like literally worked on that aspect. And, and here I am now, man. Like it, it's – I was able to save my legs at the beginning of my career because we were running the ball the whole time for at least the first four or five years. Um, you know, got to alternate to the Pro Bowl and then all pro the next year and went to the Pro Bowl. And then here I am now. I still have my legs. My run blocking is out, out of control. You know what I mean? And I still get a catch every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be in a better position, you know? And, and and it's crazy because I always said that too. And watch a film when you came in. I think it was probably about your third or fourth year in. And I was like, man, people don't talk because they see you and they automatically say, okay, you know, basket, you know, basketball yeah. body. He can receive, catch and receive it. But 
you you never really got, in my opinion, you never really got the full credit of being a blocker. The, a blocker mm-hmm. like he was. There's not a lot of catch. You see people talking about George Kittle and somebody, oh, he can block, he can, you know, right. and catch the ball and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, you never really got the the credit for being just as much of a blocker as you was, you know, catching the ball. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I, and I was aware, you know, I was aware of that. And I think that's what, um, naturally, I'm very internally motivated. Um, I'm a very process-driven person. And, um, you know, I understand, you know, that I, my process, I own that. Can't nobody slow it down and speed it up but me, right? So, naturally, you're going to hear outside noise. But those external forces don't hold no weight on, you know, uh-huh. the 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 pressure that I put on myself. I put so much pressure on myself to be the best version of myself every day that no coach or no fan or no fake fan could ever tell me, you know. And uh, I definitely, you know, set the bar for myself each day. I get the same feeling from games that I do in practice, if that makes sense. You know that that yep. that juice, man. You know. And that willingness to go out there and, and just be your best, not be perfect, but be consistent and be your best. And when something goes wrong in your technique or your hands are not tight like they should be or your feet are not underneath you, if I feel that in practice, it feels like if I were to do it in a game, you know what I mean? Like, damn, I got to be better on the yeah. next series, you know? So I think that's what pushes me. Um, and, yeah, man, it's definitely it's paid off. So, so what's next, man? I, you know, and and I want to I want to tell people this because I don't know, you, you know, I don't think you put it out there enough about, you know, your whole MMA and the combat sports and stuff you've been working on. I, I see, you know, you post like little screenshots of the glove or the belt, like here, like you give subliminals once in a while, yeah. man. But I I wanted to tell people that the fir- one of the first times, uh, and and Tyrone and uh, Woodley was on on my podcast. Yeah, I think sure. it was uh, two weeks ago. That's my guy. And. Yeah, that's right. He was in there that day with, with Jay Glazer when we came in there. My very first time ever doing anything with, with MMA. Yep. You were in there, Tyrone Woodley. I think it was uh, Richie Incognito and Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. And so, for the people out there, don't know, man, Mercedes can go. I'm telling you. <laughs> and ha- have you? No, seriously, have you ever thought about it though? I mean, not even really. I, I, I would guess competing in the fight, but competing on some level because there are, you know, you got flow grappling out here. You got, you know, uh, uh, BJJ, you Bro, know, stuff. You, just, you ever thought about getting into it? You, you just said it. Um, obviously, well, let's just say this. If if I was in the NFL and my career ended after year three, then I'd probably been in UFC. Yeah. And I probably would have took it serious and just trained and, and been in the UFC right now. But because I've been blessed enough that my day job has got me where it's gotten me, uh, but I still have love for that sport. Um, I want to grapple full time when I'm done, um, and you know, obviously, not do Muay Thai, but I, I want to go for my belts, you know, and um, and BJJ and see where I get. I think this past off season, you know, I got I got my keys and everything, and was gonna start you know doing my thing and then COVID hit and, and obviously we couldn't be on the mats and so it kind of set everything back uh, but John Lewis uh you familiar with John Lewis um yep uh-huh good friend of mine he was gonna that's who I was gonna get my belts from so uh, I literally talked to him about a month and a half ago and you know that's still on the ticker and um you know I've been doing shit I've been training MMA for eight years eight off seasons I say eight off seasons so Four years, really, you know, um, 
but I look forward to doing that too. I think that's going to be one of my, like the base for me staying in amazing shape when I'm done. I, I tell, I tell everybody and I started doing, I, I was doing boxing and uh, Muay Thai in 06 and 07, but I didn't do anything on the ground until like 2010. I just didn't like the ground right. stuff. Um, but I tell anybody, I said, man, it's really good. And it's going to help you out in football. You know, getting your hand and leverage, hand out coordination, being able to open up your hips, yep. just things like that, man. I, I, I wish that more guys, not even, not even a fight on a, on a serious basis, but just more guys picked up the sport because ultimately it's going to help them out in what they're doing. 100%. And I, I, I'll say this, you know, aside from like the things that are to do for you physically, Mentally, it just puts you in a different world. Man. It just puts you in a different world. And obviously, when you go on the football field, you're going to have a healthy fear of your opponent if you're respectful, right? You're going to have that anyway. Anybody can get hurt. We know what we signed up for. Once you feel what it feels like to wrap them hands and put them gloves on and put that headgear on and, and really strap it down, and knowing that, like, okay, it's me or you, and it's damn sure not going to be me. So let's get after it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that mentality is a little crazy. You know what I mean? It's different, man. <laughs> it's different. It's a little it's, But you know what? We are, when we play football already, I tell people already, already I say, we not we not wrapped too tight in the first place. Like, right. you got to go out there and do what we do. Yeah. You know, you leading up on, on, a, on a DN that's 280, 290, and he in a six technique over you, and you doing that 60 times a game. That's not normal. Nah, bro. You know, that's just not normal. And they and they want to, like, bro, it, it's been plenty of times where I've talked about you to, you know, just friends in general. And I remember you guys came to Jacksonville, and I remember it may have been like 07. I think it was like maybe my second, maybe my second or third year in the league, and I just remember being like, yo, this dude is an animal out here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to do this the whole game? Like, like, People, like, to put it in perspective, like, to be in the trenches and doing that every every single weekend and, like, knowing that, okay, this dude over there wants to rip my head off and embarrass me. You know what I mean? And to be able to just hone in on your technique and, and you know, fight power with power and shake hands at the end, like, that's tough. Like, I watch fights with my boys. They be like, "Man, they kiss each other on the cheek and do all of that." Like, bro, you don't understand the anxiety. We're fighting for our lives out here, bro. And so, like, this is afterwards. It's the most respectful that you can get to, bro. And and, and that's just the discipline of it, bro. Because we know what we go through to get there. And so, yeah, man, that, that's a good point. Yeah, this it's nothing but love. I'm saying, you know, I remember 07 because that's when uh, Maurice came out there and sat me on my ass, bro. Because so I, because, you know, I get, because you had burst into the line and was about to get a sack. Yes, but you, you know what's funny about that? See, I, I I tell people all day. I said because uh, Greg Jones wasn't talked of. I I used to play Greg against Greg Jones when he was at Florida State, and this was okay. like before the knee injuries and stuff. And because I went to Maryland, yeah, and I was like, listen, Greg Jones is one of the scariest human beings that you'll ever see in that backfield ever. And before he had the, before he had the knee injuries and you know, he, that slowed him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there. They, I think they was, they were an eye set eye formation and Greg Jones is coming down on me hard. 
Right. And I'm bracing. I'm like, this is great. This is 245, 250. He was all, all just uh, muscle back there. So yeah. I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm loading up. And he goes, he he faints me, bluffs me, and goes out the backfield. And then Maurice came and boom. Yep. And I'm sitting there and I, I try to get up, right? Because I didn't think nobody seen it. I try to right. get up real quick before the camera seen it, but I already heard the crowd say, ooh. And I say, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was definitely, that was definitely a, 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 a tough one from your standpoint, especially if he's coming to bluff you and then you got Maurice, little buff ass. Coming to clean up, yeah. But then, and it would have went under the radar. But then the touchdown was to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's right. Yeah. So now that's right. You got to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like this thing, and now everybody's talking about it. If it wasn't, even if the touchdown went to one of our receivers that nobody really knows about, nobody would even. It probably wouldn't have been a big one hundred percent, bro. But because it was like I, you know, it's, I still talk to Maurice, but I seen him on a hike up here at uh, Ryan Canyon. Okay. Uh, during the right, right when the pandemic first happened, and I come up and grabbed him behind his arms. I said, "Hey, man, you better not do that shit again." <laughs> you know, right, bro. But we we laugh about it, man. You got, I mean, look, you are gonna get yours at some point, of course, point. man. But of course. uh, hey, man, look, I I appreciate it, man, coming on. I ain't gonna take up too much time, but uh, good luck this year. I'm hoping you get that ring, dude. Um, that will be like for real a story that a lot of people are gonna sit back and watch, man. You spent so much time in one organization and. You know, regardless of how you left there or whatever, to have this opportunity you got now is just next level. 100%, man. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. Uh, that was cool. That was cool for me on uh, multiple occasions. I got a chance to play against Mercedes Lewis uh, when he was in Jacksonville, and I'll never forget the day. We were watching film, and he looked big on film. And, you know, I'm not afraid of nobody. I'll see anybody, but... This dude, when I got on the field, I said, oh, my God, he is huge. You know, the cleats adding an inch or two. You got to show the pass and helmet, so he's looking every bit of 6'8 or 6'9 out there. And uh, just talking about him not getting enough credit as a uh, as a blocker because he, he can block his ass off. And uh, he was a guy I always admired his game and, and looked forward to playing him because you had to raise the bar. Uh, and does he have an MMA career after or some type of uh, combat sports? You never know. I've been talking to him about it. I've been trying to get him signed up with Lights Out Extreme Fighting as much as I could. And uh, maybe one day we'll get it, get to see him. But uh, for now, it's just a discipline for him and his base and uh, something he loves to do. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate all the support. We just went over 100,000 downloads because of you guys. Make sure you keep leaving uh, reviews, subscribe. And uh, keep tuning in, man. Every week we're getting better and better. And uh, because of you guys, man, we're going over the top. So thanks again.